Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Or free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Friday afternoon, Super Talk Eagle Hour from the Southern Bancor Studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke joining me here in Oak Grove at our Southern Bancor Studio. Glad you're with us. Dickie's Barbecue sponsors this segment of the show every day. We're glad they do. It's a great place to take your family for a great meal, and it's a great place to cater your next event. Our thanks to Dickie's Barbecue. Great show today. B.A. Valmuth, Rodrigo Montenegro, and our first guest, Dustin Dickerson, all joining the uh, Super Talk Eagle Hour this afternoon. Dustin, uh, appreciate your time. Uh, the last time I had a chance to uh, grab a quick interview with you was after the uh, Auburn Regional, and I described you that afternoon as electric, and that's uh, really the way they described you on ESPN all through the Super Regional, and uh it was just quite a quite a postseason run for you. Now that the uh, dust has settled a little bit, have you had time to kind of reflect on this year? And if so, what are your thoughts today? Uh, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, yeah, I've been thinking the past couple of days about the kind of year it's been and and uh, all the memories that were made. Uh, you know, we started off kind of slow, and and uh, that kind of brought us together a little more as a as a team and and it kind of showed down the stretch as we got on a run and uh won like 22 out of our last 25 games or something crazy like that uh you know i don't think many teams wanted a part of us down the down the stretch at all and uh you know uh from an individual standpoint i think uh you know my hard work kind of kind of started to show off a little bit at the end of the season and and uh you know i started hitting a couple home runs here and there at the end and uh you know, it's a lot of credit to our strength coach, Coach Mack, and and uh, the weight program we have at uh, Southern Miss, and a lot of credit to my hitting coach, Coach Creel. Uh, you know, uh, he was getting a lot of hate early in the year, and, and uh, we ended up having a better offense than we did last year and the year before. So that shows uh, how good of a coach he is and uh, how good a group we had. Dustin, I know uh, I know Monday night was disappointing for all of us, but when you re- you reflect back and – 93 wins in the last two years, two regional championships, two super regional appearances. Uh, have you had time to to soak that up, or does the disappointment of uh, maybe not getting to Omaha one game short uh, still uppermost in your mind? Yeah, that's definitely going to be at the front of my mind right now, and probably for the next couple months it will be. Uh, for the last two years, we were a total of uh, – three games away from going to Omaha back-to-back years. And, you know, it's crazy. Uh, I told somebody before the Super Regionals that uh, 
this program has been the one super regional uh, before my time here. And then uh, when I got here, we, we went to two super regionals, and we were one game away from going my uh, sophomore year. So uh, the group we've had in the, uh, the past couple of years and the, the coaching staff we've had uh, has really been truly a blessing and uh, really special. Dustin, we had uh, your high school coach, Trey Sutton, on um, earlier in the week, and he just talked about uh, your, your work ethic. And uh, I, I made the comment, I've, I've watched you for, for, for a long time, probably since West Jones Junior High. And a lot of people would see your last name and they would say, okay, you know, that guy, his, his dad's a phenomenal coach. But one thing Trey talked about, and, and I, I was thankful for it, and, and I amend it the other day, is what has really separated you is, is, is your work ethic. Um, and to, to build you, a lot of people watch the, the little things that you do, like blocking runners out, how you slide, stuff like that, that, that uh, you've worked on over the years that have made you into what you are today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, until the last couple of years, I think I was considered undersized, and uh, rightfully so. I, you know, I got to Southern Miss, and I weighed 155 pounds. Uh, I was a starting shortstop that year. Um, you know, it was uh, it was tough uh, being that small, and and you know that comes with a lot of things. You know, uh, you gotta you gotta believe you're the best player on the field. You gotta put in the work to uh, to to believe that. Uh, you know, uh, I've had to prove a lot of people wrong uh, over my career at uh, Southern Miss and West Jones. You know, I've heard a lot of things about uh, I'm only going to West or to Southern Miss because of who my dad is. And if I get opportunity to play at the next level, it's only because of who my dad is. And, you know, uh, that's kind of been a chip on my shoulder my entire life. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, a lot of credit to my dad. He's, he's also a big reason of where I am and who I am today. But uh you know i've worked my butt off by myself a lot uh to uh have the achievements that i've done and uh achieved a lot of the goals that i've set out for myself and uh you know uh that comes with hard work and a lot of confidence in myself is that where the edge comes from kind of the chip on your shoulder i think a lot of people you know you're you're the one of the most passionate guys that's ever played um, I love the fact, even though Dollander got you, you had a word for him on the way back to the bench. I mean, it's just one of those um, – you're one of those guys, when you step on the baseball field, everybody knows you're there, and, and it's just kind of been your M.O. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, uh, I speak for a lot of people that have met me uh, outside of the white lines that I'm probably a little shy and soft-spoken. And, uh, you know, when I just get on the field, it, it's – Probably all the hard work that I put in, and and the confidence I have in myself, and the the competitiveness in me that hates to lose so much. Uh, you know, I hate I've hated to lose my entire life, and no matter if it's in a board game against my family or uh, a backyard basketball game against my best friends. Uh, I mean, I just hate losing. Uh, it's probably because I've been playing this game uh, since I was very little, and I've been around it at a high level. And uh, yeah. Well, Dustin, on a lighter note, are you aware that the Tennessee coach said after the game Monday night that in a sense he regretted winning the game because he wouldn't be able to watch you play anymore this year? <laughs> yeah, I was aware of that. That's uh, That means a lot to me and it, uh, my family as well. Uh, uh, we've reached out to him to thank him for those kind words and uh, wished him the best of luck uh, in Omaha, which, uh, you know, uh, 
obviously we wanted to win the national championship, but if there's uh if we're not able to do it, you probably want the team that beats you to do it. Uh, that speaks volumes. And, you know, he got me, uh, after I spent some time at shortstop, I walked out to hug coach Sutton and, you know, on my way back to the dugout coach, uh, Vitello and his father were waiting on me and they uh, hugged me and shook my hand and, uh, told me how big of a blessing it was for them to watch me play and how I play the game. And that, uh, I'm one of the better shortstops they've seen, and you know that he hate uh, that he had to see that game come to an end like that for me. But uh, you know that meant a lot to me, and uh, yeah, yeah. And is there any truth to the rumor that you're actually the person that taught Lynch that batting stance, Dustin? Yeah, I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, Dustin, that you didn't uh, take it on for yourself. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, can, can you can you just share with our listeners uh, what what Trey Sutton and and Scott Berry mean to you? Uh, yeah, you know, uh, from the day that uh, Coach Sutton took over West Jones, I heard uh, how good of a baseball coach he was, and you know what makes him even more special is the kind of man he wants you to be, and. Uh, he probably got that from being around Coach Barry uh, and his family as well, um, you know, because Coach Barry's the same way. I mean, they want you to be a great baseball player, but at the end of the day, they want you to be a better man and uh, who you're going to be for your family one day. And, uh, I mean, I, I couldn't have asked to play for two better coaches in my career. Um, I owe a lot to them. Uh, you know, I had a meeting with Coach Barry yesterday, and it was very emotional and uh I just wanted to thank him and uh, everything he's done for me. Um, and, you know, Coach Sutton as well. When I hugged him after that loss, I thanked him for uh, helping me get to Southern Miss. And, uh, yeah. What what would you say to Golden Eagle fans listening to, uh, to this interview right now, uh, cheering for you the last four years? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I got here, I was 18, immature, and, and 155 pounds. Uh, and probably a little too cocky for how I, how good I was. I wasn't very good when I got here, and uh, they've they've stuck it. They stuck by me for a while, and you know, uh, the past couple of years I've gotten a lot of love, and uh, I couldn't be more thankful, man. Uh, that place means the world to me, my family, and my friends now too. Uh, you know, they've been to more Southern Miss baseball games the past two years than they've been to baseball games their entire career, and. You know, uh, that means a lot to me. And, uh, you know, I've, ha- I've had my family there as well and uh, couldn't be more thankful to have them come to a lot of those games. And, you know, uh, that- that's what makes uh, Southern Miss so special is that it's like a family and, uh, you know, uh, those fans make it very special. All right, Dustin, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Clearly you've been a very, very special part of a, of a magical year and uh We congratulate you on that, and uh, thank you very much for your time this afternoon. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Dustin Dickerson, everybody, who will go down if he does not come back as one of the great shortstops in Southern Miss history. Absolutely. Here's another good one coming up, Rodrigo Montenegro. Man, has this family had an impact on Southern Miss baseball. Rodrigo is next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right. Uh, let's see. Campus Bookmore, campusbookmore.net sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour, and we're glad they do. Remember, you hear the Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob and Luke, we're in the Southern Bank Corps studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. I want to thank Dustin Dickerson for joining us. And now, glad to have another great, great member of this uh, fine Golden Eagle baseball team, Rodrigo Montenegro, uh, on the Eagle Hour. How are you, Rodrigo? Good. How are y'all doing? Good, man. We appreciate that very much, uh, you coming on. I'm going to ask you the same question that I'm asking all of your teammates that come on the show. Have you had a chance to... Uh, reflect on the year and if so what what thoughts are running through your mind today rodrigo um i was it's been a long couple of nights obviously but uh after i've been thinking about it i think it was a uh, it was honestly one of the uh, best seasons i've had uh uh in a team or being part of a team because uh at first i mean uh we we, we went through a couple rough patches that we didn't know uh, how far we could make it throughout the season, but as the season went, I felt like our chemistry got better, and we as a team got better, and just started uh, riding along pretty well. And then we ended up, uh, we ended as a team, we ended with the good chemistry, and I feel like that was one of our uh, keys to the success we had uh, at the end of the year, especially. Well, Rick, I want to clarify something. Uh, I, I, your father explained this to me, but but listeners uh, probably don't know. You were you were listed all year as a junior, and there was a really a lot of expectation that you were going to have another year of eligibility. Apparently, that's not the case. Can you tell us what happened? Yeah, um, after COVID, uh, I came here and uh, I thought uh, after coming here uh, the whole time, I thought I had three years, and that's what I was listed as. So I felt like I was right on the dot part. But then, as the years went, uh, we figured that we that I've already played my four years of NCAA this year. Uh, two of JUCO and then two here, so I, I didn't have another year. So, but I feel like they never changed that on the roster or anything. They just stayed as a junior. But I've I've known for several months now that I was uh, this was going to be my last year. Yep, and, and quite a year it was. I mean, you were you, you, your bat really came uh, super alive. Uh, you your arm was strong. Um, what was it? Uh, you were really seeing the ball well uh, all year long. What was was there something a little different, or you think it was just? Uh, Another year of experience and maturity. Uh, I feel like uh, growing up was one of the biggest things for sure. But uh, I feel like uh, as time went by, I just felt more comfortable about myself, and just uh, I knew that I was a, a veteran, you know, and I was just playing the game that uh, other kids are playing. I was playing younger kids, so I knew that I was older than them. I had more experience, so I just trusted my my plans. You know, uh, I trusted what the coaches were telling me. You know, I trusted what my plan was, and and I just felt like that that had a lot of the the part of uh, how my success went. And um, I mean, I'm glad I stuck to it because obviously, at the beginning of the year when I was not playing, it was hard for me to to stick around and just be positive about my game. But I just felt like I had confidence about myself, and I knew why I was here. And I felt like I could help the team a lot if I had my chance. And when I got my chance, I was so I was able to take it and just go with it. Rodrigo, Luke Johnson here. Thanks so much for coming on today, man. A um, couple questions uh, specifically related to Tanner Hall. All right, you know what the changeup looks like when it's coming at you better than, than anybody else. What, what has it been like to, to catch uh, su- such an elite pitcher you know, for the last two years? 
Um, yeah, like you said, I've seen that change more than anybody, and it's just awesome to see how it developed throughout the years. And as time went by, he just got better and better with it and had more confidence, and I was more confident uh, with him. And I felt like that helped a lot, that, uh, that he was confident with that pitch and his, his sinker as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there was a point in this year that I just already knew where the ball was going to go, and I didn't even have to move my gloves. So it was pretty impressive for him to to be able to control that changeup and be able to manage that for as long as he has already. That was what I was going to ask you. Did, do, do you did it go sometimes in places where uh, you didn't know where it was going because it just worked so well? Yeah, I mean, there was, I could probably count with my hands at times that that changeup uh, didn't go where we thought it was going to go. But after that, I mean, that changeup was perfect, perfect every time. It was it was pretty crazy. You uh, you got on base uh, in your last at bat. And as, uh, as a pretty special moment, um, Blake came and, and ran for you. You got a curtain call, and the first guy out of the dugout was uh, was Tanner Hall. What was that moment like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I knew it was going to be my last walk out of the Peter, and I just wanted to see how special that place is. I mean, that's that's I've said it since day one. And my, my biggest my biggest reason why I came here is because of the fans and walking walking away with. The Pete Taylor Park, I mean, packed up. It was nothing more special than that. And then I, I look at the dugout and it's Tanner. I mean, it's just who I've grinded the whole season with. You know, I mean, I've been his catcher, so I know what the grind has been. Uh, I know what we've been through with this with this arm, and then having to come back and he felt amazing with it. It's just it's been special for, for me and him to 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 share this two years. Honestly, and I I'm excited for him. Rodrigo, Southern Miss fans are always special. I want to take you back here to this postseason, starting over at Montgomery when we were all there, and then to Auburn, and uh, and of course in Hattiesburg. But it really didn't matter where you guys went; you had the home field advantage. I mean, yeah, that's that's what I was saying. I mean, this is the one of the biggest uh, fans base in the in the nation. I mean, that's pretty awesome to see how Southern Miss has built that, and the and the and the fans stick with us throughout the years, and it's just awesome for. For them to see, no matter where we are, we're always going to have fans, and we always know in the back of our heads that no matter where we play, we're going to have fans. So we're not worried about that, never. And it's just a pretty special feeling, honestly, to know that. And I mean, I'm thankful for it, and I know the players are thankful, and whoever comes here will be will know it's a special place. When you when you came here, now your brother had been here obviously before that, but when you came here, were you maybe a little taken back at, at how passionate this fan base is? Um, I came to watch him one time, and so I kind of had an idea, but uh, obviously playing is not the same as just being a fan, so I had a little bit of an idea, but once I played my first game, I mean, I knew how special it really was. You know, it was it was not the same as being up there in the bleachers, so that was pretty special. All right, we're going to make a comparison. We kind of did this out of Montgomery, kind of put your brother Gabe on the spot, but let's, uh, all right, this is Rodrigo versus Gabe. Who is the fastest? Oof, I feel like Gabe's the fastest. I, I really can't. Yeah, you're a catcher. I can't argue that one. Don't go there, Rodrigo. Yeah, you're a catcher. Who is the strongest, Rodrigo? Um, I feel like you can you can say that uh, uh, if you put us in the weight room, I feel like I'm I'm stronger than him. I see. But uh, he just has more more age than me, so I feel like mm-hmm. he could get a little more stronger than me. But yeah, it's pretty similar. I can uh, I can attest to that. And here's the big question, Rodrigo: Who is the best looking? Oh, definitely me. That's not a question. <laughs> I, I I have to be confident about that answer. Yeah, definitely you. Huh? 
<laughs> Your family's been such a huge part uh, of Southern Miss baseball now. Luke and I both uh real privilege to uh to know your dad and we've we've both enjoyed watching a lot of Southern Miss baseball with him. Your brother's actually been on the show here a couple of times in the last couple of weeks and uh, and throughout the year. And your dad tells us that now even though uh, both of his sons are are done with college baseball, he's going to be coming back to watch the Golden Eagles and am I not right about this? You and Gabe will both still continue to live in Hattiesburg for a while. Yes, sir. We we have another year of school here with our masters, and I would not doubt in my head that my my dad's going to be at the games next spring. That's for sure. I mean, he he loves it probably as much as we do, or even more. He he loves it a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, no question about that. So, what are you what are you going to be studying in school? Um, I'm doing a sports management masters here. Um, I I graduated as a with a marketing degree, and I want to. I want to continue with the sports management just to get a little more knowledge and see where where that takes me later in life. Rodrigo, I got to uh, got to sit with your dad seventh, eighth, and ninth inning Monday night. And um, anybody that you know hasn't been around your your family's kind of missed out a lot. Your dad's such a baseball dude, and um, I, I'm just thankful. You know, last year after after Gabe's last game, uh, I was there with him, and and then um, just watching your your father. And your mother, the joy of your last two times, your last two at bats in the peat getting on base, man, it was something special. Yes, sir. I mean, yeah, like you said, he he enjoys it. And, I mean, there's the two reasons why we were able to do what we did in our lives with my brother. And it's, it's special for us to, to be able to accomplish what we did, you know, coming coming from long, long distance. Absolutely. Um, it, was, it was special. So, it was, I mean, I... He enjoyed it. My dad, my mom did as well. We did, and we were thankful for what our careers went. Right, Rigo. Let me say that you're the third player we've had on the show in the last two days. All you guys sound a little melancholy, and and I and I get it. But but I want you to all understand that how much all of us that follow Southern Miss baseball, how proud we are of what you guys have accomplished. There there are not many teams that go to back to back super regionals, win back to back regionals, win conference uh, tournaments the way you guys did. So. It'll take a little time, but, man, take a lot of pride in what uh, you guys did the last couple of years because I can tell you the Golden Eagle Nation uh, is grateful to you for everything. Appreciate it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, it's going to be a couple of rough, rough days, but, I mean, I know it's gonna, I'm going to get over it and I'm going to just reflect how great of a career it was, like you said. No question about it. Thanks, Rodrigo, for everything, man. We're grateful to you. Thank you. All right, Rodrigo Montenegro. They all sound a little sad, don't they, Luke? They do. Um, he is—he's uh, stronger than Gabe for for the record. Is that is that and what he's better saying? looking and better looking and better looking? Yeah. B. A. Volmuth. Nobody's stronger, or better looking than B. A. Brian Anthony. He's next. Southern Miss to the top. All right, we want to thank Rodrigo Montenegro and Dustin Dickerson for joining us uh, on this kind of kind of sad edition of the Eagle Hour. Melancholy, these, is yeah, what melancholy. Said. These kids all sound that way, and uh, but we're all very proud of them. Four Street Bar Grill sponsors this segment of the show, and it's a great place 
to enjoy lunch uh, five days a week. Uh, I guess no ball games coming on anytime soon, but when they resume, uh, they'll be on the TV at Forest Street. So we want to thank Slade and everybody for all they do with our program. Uh, you know, B.A. Volmuth, without question, one of the great uh, figures in Southern Miss baseball history, one of the great players uh, to ever wear the black and gold. And I never let him come on the show that I don't remind everybody that the man hit two home runs in the same inning of a regional baseball. Super regional. Uh, super, yeah. Two in the same inning, B.A. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a long time ago. <laughs> All right, B.A., you got to the mountaintop with the Golden Eagles, and as we were just saying, you know, we've been talking to some of these uh, players over the last couple of days, and they just all seem so sad. Uh, One game away this year, two games away last year. Put in perspective how hard it is to get to that point of the season. Yeah, uh, first off, I appreciate y'all having me on. Um, Obviously, you don't win the last game of the year. You're you're always going to have some sort of disappointment. Uh, but just just getting to Omaha is just so difficult, right? I mean, you got eight teams out of what it's over 300, I believe now in Division One baseball. Uh, just the grind of a entire season, and with RPI, every game matters, and and fighting, you know, tooth and nail through those those hard times, and try not to get too high when you're when you are winning. But uh, the show these boys put on this team, uh, it was unbelievable, especially the past two years, the level they've they've gotten to. Um, they have nothing to hang their heads about. Um, it, it's very difficult. Actually, I just got home um, from a trip, and first thing we popped on was the baseball game, and it's almost like, man, I don't, I don't even want to watch. Mm-hmm. I don't even watch uh, the World Series this year because we were that close. But uh, definitely nothing to hold their heads about. Um, that They had an unbelievable year. You know, we talked earlier to Dustin Dickerson, who – is a great player, obviously, and and part of a lineage of great shortstops, including you that have played here. And but you know, he really started showing a lot of power at the end of the year. How, how would you, as a guy that really knows a lot about hitting, how, what do you think happens uh, to a player once that that allows them to suddenly develop that kind of punch in their swing? Okay? Uh I think a lot goes into it. Um, I can't speak directly on him. I know. They credit their strength coach, Todd. Um, he, he does a really good job with the guys, um, from what I've been told from the coaching staff. But uh, also, you, you kind of get in that groove where you're seeing the ball really, really well, and you start taking chances. Um, you know, you can't go up there trying to hit home runs, but sometimes when you're seeing the ball really well, um, you know, you're trying to elevate and, and make sure you get the ball in the air. So. I think he, he just fell into a groove there at the end where he was seeing the ball so well. I mean, not just on the home runs, but some of his takes. And he didn't really swing and miss hardly at all. Even when he got out, he was he was barreling balls up. Um, so it's kind of the dream scenario as a player, you know, helping your team out, especially in postseason. But what he did in the postseason, I mean, was it five or six home runs he ended up hitting? Yeah. Um, yeah. Six homers and – yeah, he, he just he fell into that groove, and you start barreling balls up. Why not take some shots and make sure you elevate some balls? And that's what he did. Um, and, and, you know, he we really rode his bat through that regional um, in Auburn, and he helped us out in the Super Regional as well. Sutton said uh, Tuesday, you know, he he remembered watching him and, and seeing the ball come off the bat and just said, just wait till he gets stronger, you know, and and, uh, and so Trey expected kind of maybe not this type of surge, but, but he expected the power to come. B.A., what is it like uh, as a hitter 
um, the frustration and the excitement when you're not seeing the ball at all, and then all of a sudden something clicks and it becomes the size of a beach ball. Yeah, I mean, I think every hitter goes through it. Um, it happened to me my sophomore year. Um, Coach Kai put a leg kick in with me, and for whatever reason, it just clicked, and my body got in sync and allowed me to see the ball longer. And uh, when you do, I know there's a lot of superstitions in baseball, but you, you eat the same breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you make sure you don't wash your socks or whatever everybody <laughs> likes to do. Um, you know, you want to try to make that period last as long as you possibly can. But obviously, baseball being so tough, um, there's so many ups and downs. You just got to enjoy the ride once when it's going on. Because, as, as Bob said, you made it to the to the pinnacle with the 0-9 team. But you guys did that on the road, uh, which is even more impressive. But, you know, this year fans can look at it and say, one win short, um, we, we were almost there. But, B.A., what is there to be said now that you're a national power in the fact that you have hosted two Supers back-to-back years? Absolutely. I mean, you go back just four, five, six years ago, um, we don't get that host if, if we weren't the national status we are now. Um, and that, that's the, you know something to be said about this coach and staff, obviously Coach Barry being there. Um, but the players on the field as well, uh, performing, not just recruiting's a big thing, but you know listening to your coaches and, and, and putting a game plan together and going out and executing is huge. But I think you, you go back just a short period of time it's easy but man we're just one game away but if you want to reflect on where this program is and where we're headed um i mean it's we're literally are going to the top very few teams can say that they've hosted back-to-back super regionals and been that close to omaha and i can't remember who said it the other day but you know when i first got here when i was a player it was man we just got to find a way to get in a regional let's just work our butt off, win, 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 and let's get in the regional. And then we had a breakthrough and made it to Omaha. Then it seemed like, okay, well, now let's let's figure out a way to host the regional. Now it's, hey, we're, we're one of those teams at the end of the year where we're either hosting or, you know, national seed talk. Um, and the fact that, you know, this this program has been grown to that level is just, again, another, another feather in Coach Barry's hat um, from taking on, you know, what Coach Palmer built it to. And I think Coach Oz is about to, to get us to that next level, per se, where, you know, we're consistent super regionals. We're consistent, and now we're going to start breaking through to Omaha. Right. You know, uh, we were talking to Rodrigo Montenegro about the crowd, uh, the Southern Miss fan base, and, you know, that's he said that's why he wanted to come play here, and it was obviously very electric. But, you know, I, I go back to the 2009 season, B.A., and I remember when you guys were playing at uh, Georgia Tech, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, – I, I recall their coach in a in a post game press conference pleading with Georgia Tech fans to show up because he said yep. it seemed more like a Southern Miss home game and they were playing on their field. So that passion that passion's nothing new, is it? No, it's not. Um, I, I mean, I, I remember that exact quote uh, in the paper because it was a home game for us. We we travel well. Southern Miss has a really really good fan base. I think that fan base is expanding. We're reaching more and more people. Um, I think we're doing a great job in the ticket office. I mean, even when I played, we didn't have 4,600 or 4,800, whatever we averaged this year. It's just unheard of um, for Southern Miss. And there's just a lot of excitement around the program. And you get that when you win. Um, I think Coach Barry has always said it's our job to, uh, as players to perform and, 
you know, win games, that's when the fan base is going to come, and that's when you're going to see more people come. You win 20 games a year, we're not having 5,000 people at every game. Um, so, I, personally, I, I know the fan base, the strength has always been there, especially in the postseason, but I thought you saw it day in and day out this year to where every game I went to, it was pretty packed. It was pretty loud, um, and, and that's going to only – you know, driving more recruits to come on in and, and to perform. It's going to keep us ascending um, instead of having a lull or, you know, four or five down seasons. Hill Denson was on yesterday. Um, he said that, you know, as he watched Coach Barry um, walk to left field for that last official team meeting, everybody, you know, just kind of let um, Scott walk and Tennessee tip their caps. Everybody in the Pete was on their uh, – on their feet, clapping. Um, Corky's numbers on the field. And Hill said he got chills and even some tears. Uh, what what's kind of ba your your thoughts the last few weeks as as uh, you know we've we've watched Scott begin to walk off in the distance and uh, you know as he uh, as he retires. What's been your thoughts? Yeah, um, I got told at a young age. My dad said, you know, son, at some point you're not going to put the cleats back on. You're not going to suit back up. Uh, Obviously, he was talking about me as a player and try to enjoy all those moments. And then, obviously, I, I felt it as a coach as well. Um, with Coach Bear, I hate I hate I couldn't be there this weekend. Um, I mean, it couldn't happen to a better person. He deserves that, all the praise and everything he's getting. And, uh, you know, the wins on the field mean a lot. Um, obviously, the program continuing to grow. But I, I'm more proud of the fact that I get to call him a friend and uh, – was able to coach with him um, just because he is such a great guy, right? And uh, you you haven't found one person to say one one bad thing about him, and that, that's no. the reason is because the person he is and um, the character he instills in everybody around him makes everybody better. Um, I, I hate I couldn't make it. I'm going to give him a call one day this week, and hopefully I can go grab lunch with him and catch back up. But uh, could, couldn't be happier for him. He deserves it more than anybody. And, um you know, I, I think he's done an unbelievable job ushering in a new era with Coach Oz, too. And, you know, obviously some of that's going to rub off on Oz and as he decides to uh, take over this thing. All right, B.A., we always uh, enjoy very much having you on the Eagle Hour, and we always appreciate your willingness to come, my friend. Thank you for today. Yep, thank you, fellas. All right, B.A. Volvo, one of the great Golden Eagles of all time. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. What a great show today. Appreciate B.A. Volmuth, Rodrigo Montenegro, and Dustin Dickerson all joining us. If you missed those interviews, podcast will be up later today, supertalk.fm, and as well as Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Super Talk Eagle Hour, always available. It's been a great week. Bob, got some more coming up uh, Monday, right? Yeah, Justin Storm, Tanner Hall on the show Monday. Al Holder's going to give us, we'll push that back to Monday uh, because today's guest list will push Al back. He's going to give us some updates on uh, 
on the Golden Eagles uh, in professional baseball. But really looking forward, uh, of course, to having Justin and uh, Tanner on. Somebody will get struck out during that. Um, during Somebody bounce. Somebody bounce. <laughs> Transfer news. Uh, Southern Miss softball pitcher Morgan Linestock transferring. She hit the portal, uh, obviously, a, a few days back. Headed to the University of Arkansas on the baseball front. Um, three Golden Eagles entering the transfer portal. Pitcher Holland Towns, outfielder Bryce Fowler, and uh, infielder, outfielder Casey Artigues all in the transfer portal. Golden Eagles getting uh, a transfer. Ozzy Pratt. The starting shortstop of uh, for the BYU Cougars. He's a native of Oxford, Mississippi. This year for BYU, hit three oh five with fourteen doubles, four home runs, and had a nine eighty one OPS um, as the shortstop. So uh, Ozzie Pratt coming back uh, home to the state of Mississippi, and he is uh, the first incoming transfer for go. the Golden Eagles under the. Christian Ostrander error. All right, I want to thank Mo Bay Beignet, company, the official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour for their sponsorship. Also, D1 and D-Bat, right up there on Hardy Street. We appreciate uh, all of those guys that make the show possible. All right, Luke, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you on a spot here. There are three kids that are on everybody's mind right now, and I, I want to just get your take. And We're not pretending to have any inside information. you got to go to Eagle Post to get that. Uh, Luke and I don't have that inside information. Three kids that we we anticipate will leave uh, via the draft, even though they have eligibility left. And two are guests on the show Monday. So let's start with the obvious one, Tanner Hall. Yeah, Tanner Hall. Um, everybody knows um, he'll he'll be drafted high. Um, the other guest Monday, I suspect Justin Storm will be too. Six foot seven, throwing ninety three, ninety four with his off-speed stuff and his cutter. He has really elevated his stock this year, so those two guys I would suspect would be gone. I also suspect Dustin Dickerson will be gone. Um, for I think everybody knows the power surge at the end of the year has vaulted his uh, his draft status. Um, and and also, you know, just not knowing anything, but you go out and get a transfer shortstop, a starting shortstop. That's sort of a signal, right? Yeah. Um, but who knows? I mean – if uh, if Dickerson, you know, come back, Dustin, come come back. Yes. Um, I, th- I think the other two you got to watch is Etzel. Yeah, Etzel has another year. Question. Yeah. And then um, what happens with Billy Oldham? You know, as a as a junior, mm-hmm. um, what happens with him uh, if he wants to play professional baseball and gets free agent spot or gets drafted? I mean, last year there was some guys, you know, like Harper. We thought they fell some, and they ended up, you know, choosing to go professionally. So when is the draft? It is in July. I think. Yeah, it's in July. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's never any re- one thing I've learned in business is that every day you look back, you're you're you know wasting the opportunity to make today productive. But let's look back for just a second. Let's look back at those uh, five kids that, that were drafted off the uh, out of the bullpen last year. Uh, let's look at the one that elected uh, to take his wares to the University of Florida. If you've got half of those kids back, you have to believe you make up that game that kept you out of Omaha. Is that fair to say? I mean, I think you're, yeah, you're you're doing really good, really good. One to ten, how much frustration do you feel when you think about things like that? Um, in in some ways, though, with without some of that. I think that was what makes this year even more remarkable. You basically use seven pitchers. Right. 
You win forty six games, um, and you're up four to nothing, and you're up one to nothing in the series. Uh, with, and you got Tennessee on the ropes. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty remarkable. By, by the way, June or I'm sorry, July ninth, tenth, and eleventh. Rounds one and two on the ninth. Rounds um, three through ten on the tenth. Rounds eleventh through twentieth on the eleventh. So really, Monday, July the tenth, Tuesday, July the eleventh are going to be the ones to uh, to watch. Would you not think we've seen all the portal activity? We'll see kids from this team entering the. Board. I mean, they've got a couple weeks left. Uh, I, I don't think there will be much coming in. Uh, possibly one or two more going out. If we, you know, we we might get see one or two in. They might you might see a pitcher coming in. Um, yeah, I just got to see what's going on. The the best thing though, and the reason some of these there's a benefit for the the portal guys to go ahead and get in the portal. You know, I'm sure there's been there been conversations and if somebody, you know, doesn't really have a place, you want them to get into the portal so that they can find a place. That's that's right. your last service is to be honest uh, with guys, but yeah, I tell you what, um, there's a whole lot of talent coming in uh, for for Oz's first year. It's going to be exciting right. to watch. All right, I, I guess we'll wrap up baseball Monday, <laughs> maybe. We're having Justin Storm, Tanner Hall, Al Holder. We have a hard time letting go. I guess you can tell. There, there's one person in that list that does is not like the others. Do you? Do you? Yeah, correct. Exactly correct. <laughs> You're going to be gone a while. I am. All right, see you when I get back. Kelly's coming, though, unfortunately. Kelly, right? Kelly unfortunately, <laughs> is coming back if the French police will allow him to leave the country. Actually, they may be taking him to the airport and saying, please leave the country. But until Monday, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.